Alright, let's um, go stand, let's open our Bibles and let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. <clears throat> if you are there, uh, just follow with your eyes. I will read this um, uh, passage and just follow with your eyes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. I start verse number 12. The Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may uh, be glad also with exceeding joy. Um, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit and, uh, of glory and of um, God resteth upon you. Um, and on, on their part he is evil spoken of, um, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Uh, yet, if any man suffers a Christian, let him um, not be ashamed, but let him, be, uh, let him glorify God on this behalf. And for the time is come, that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it, be, begin, uh, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, um, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once again. Uh, for this passage of scripture, this time as we uh, delve ourselves into understanding um, the common name that we are called um, about and uh, the name Christians. Lord, um, um, help us to understand uh, why we are, we are called Christians and why we are called your children. Lord, um, open our minds and our hearts and our understanding. Uh, through your word tonight, let the Holy Spirit of God give us understanding and um, to saturate our minds with your um, uh, word. And tonight, Lord, I pray that um, uh, you will just bless all of us with um, uh, spiritual blessings. As we gather here tonight, uh, we can do nothing, Lord, without you. Therefore, God, we just ask that uh, you will just pour your spirit upon us and fill me also with your spirit. And also, Lord, um, um, guide uh, my mouth and my lips as I speak your word and help me Lord that um, um, I will not be um, 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 afraid of what I'm going to say but rather Lord uh, give me boldness so that Lord um, you will be the ones that to be glorified and bless your people also tonight give us victory in Jesus name we pray amen amen, amen. please be seated all right um, <clears throat> Now, uh, our, our title tonight is very simple, and it's just simple word, Christian. This is one word that um, all of us are very familiar about. One word that, you know, uh, all of us have definition of the, of the term. We know the definition, although we may not have the, you know, uniformity of definition of the term, 
but it's very understandable and it is um, universally um, you know known term um, people who, who are in Christ and those people who are not in Christ they know what a Christian is all about but again this word is very familiar word to us but most of us possess a Christian name and many people many people in a very broad and nominal sense uh, would call themselves Christians because you know um, um, that is what we are called or what we call ourselves and other people call us the same uh, but again in our um, real understanding of this word um, are are we really um, the Christians in the New Testament sense of the word can we really um, you know um, justify the name uh, Christians attached to our name uh, if you if you look at this from the scriptural uh, point of view my friend we will try to see this tonight because something that because they are they are born in a Christian country they are Christians and some people think that uh, they receive a Christian education therefore they are Christians <clears throat> Now we will we will go and see this um, and and go to the scripture itself so that we can find the real definition of this term because again many people um, uh, the fact that they have affiliated themselves to a Christian church so therefore they are Christians and and again they adopt Christian principles in their lives and they are raised in a Christian home and and this all they need to become a Christian now let us put our notions aside and whatever definition you have in your mind and in your heart uh, what is a Christian is all about again the fact that um, um, there are things that you know um, we need to do in order for us to be a Christian but some people they feel like they don't have to do it and and again because those things they call they call the, those things external uh, external things and they don't need the external things they, they they just need the internal things but again um all of these things are in the scripture all of these things are in the bible so again it is very possible very possible that um to be a, a church member to be a member of a church in good standing or to be moral in our way of life and to be kind to our family, to our neighbor, to our friends, to our workplace and to be just in all our dealings, then that is considered to be a Christian. Now, we have variety of definition of being a Christian. What then is a Christian? Which one are we going to uphold? What is the correct meaning of a Christian? So now again, we cannot really find um, um, a common ground in this definition of the term unless we go to the Bible itself. Because we, we heard of the word Christian because of the Bible. We, we know of the word Christian because right there the bible tells us so in the new testament <clears throat> we find the answer to this very important question 
In fact, the most important question may be that you can you, uh, you, you need to know the answer. Um, more important questions than, than uh, anything else. And here in the Bible, we discover the word Christian. But amazingly, the word Christian is not so much, you know, um, um, indicated in the Bible. Only three times in the Bible, the word Christian appears. And because of that, <clears throat> um, these three verses are very crucial to the definition of the term. Unlike, unlike if you, uh, you know, uh, you have you have other names in the Bible, the saints. Wow, you have hundreds of the word saints that refer to you and me. There's also uh, ter terminology like uh, like uh, brethren. That's also part of us. We are brethren. Um, there's also a word <coughs> that is called um, believers. Again, that's part of us. But the word Christian, only three times. The, um, the, the saints, it's 60 um, times. Believers, um, 80 times. And, and brothers or brethren, 200 times. But Christians, only three times. Where are they in the scripture? Let's take a look at them. In, um, Acts 11, verse 26. That is the very first time that the word Christian appear, appears in the scripture. Um, Acts 11, 26. And when they had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The first appearance of the word Christians. The other appearance of the, of the word is found in Acts chapter 28 or chapter 26, verse 28. <clears throat> Acts 26, verse 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's the second time that the word appears in the scripture. The last time that the word Christian appears in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 16. The Bible says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, my friend, as I told you, this is very significant that it's only appearing for three times in the Bible, um, this, this word. And again, this really um, um, gives us the very, very important um, notion or understanding what is this word Christian, really? Because all of us are Christians. I believe no one will say that you are not a Christian or, or this person is not a Christian, that person is... Now, it, all of us that are here tonight um, agree that we are all Christians, but again, what, what kind of definition um, do we have in our mind and in our hearts? What is the right definition of the word Christian? First, let us take a look at these three verses. Let us examine them and how they appear in the Bible and what's the surrounding um, you know, events uh, by, by the use of this term. 
uh, when they when they come into the scripture in uh, Acts 11 verse 26 we we'll read that here Acts 11 verse 26 it says that and when he had found him he brought him unto Antioch and it came to pass that a whole year um, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch so the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch but who called them Christians? Who called them Christians? Because they, this is just a new name. This is a name that was just used to address to certain type of people. Was it the people of Antioch who called them uh, their Christians? And then again, it's, as a kind of nickname and maybe um, a derogatory name because they they hated this kind of people and this kind of um, you know uh, uh, um, people in the community and uh, these people are so different. These are bigots. These are um, people who are um, you know uh, uh, intolerant. But again, they, they they name names whatever they call these people and they disagree. Um, you know uh, these people, but again, these people are called Christians. But who called them Christians? Let us take a look at this. Uh, because they were first called Christians at Antioch. But remember also, my friend, uh, there's a little bit of, you know, uh, we, we can insert into this. Probably it's the people from Antioch called them Christians. But it might be not also. It might be someone else called them Christians. And my inclination to think that I believe it is God called these people Christians. Because in the Bible, only God called people. Only God called people, and these people are called Christian, and we cannot really tell who's, who's, tell, who's calling these people Christians, but we know that God called people. And when, if we are called Christians, and if it is coming from the Lord that we, are, we must be called Christians, we praise the Lord for that. Because that name is derogatory to the world but it as it is a dear a precious name to us yeah it is a name that is so precious and in fact you know um that is that is a name that connects us that coupled us to christ yeah. christian man in other words we are christians because we are Embedded with Christ. Christ and man come together. It becomes Christian. Because the spirit of Christ, the life of Christ, is embedded in our life. That is why we are called Christian. But again, that is telling us the obvious, obvious attachment of these people to Christ that all the rest of the community call them Christians. These are the people that are owned by Christ. Can you consider yourself owned by Christ today? Amen. Praise the Lord if you know deep within our heart we can say that Lord you own me. Amen. Because these people are owned by Christ and these people followed Christ. These people served Christ. Amen. 
You see, they belong to him. When we say the Englishman, we know these English people here. <laughs> they are coming from England. They are, you know, citizens of England. They are people who live in England. When we say American, we know, we understand those terminologies that these people are from America, from the United States of America, and these people are, you know, they speak English also, but they're American. When you see Chinese, when you see Filipinos, you know their roots, you know these people, that they have this ethnicity. And we know these terminologies by heart. We don't have to look for dictionary and, 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 and encyclopedia in order for us to um, determine what's the meaning of the term. A Christian, therefore, is a Christ man. A Christian is the one who belongs to Christ. A Christian is the one that deep within his heart, he loves Christ. You see? So now, how does a man become a Christian? In what way that a man becomes a Christian? The answer to that is by birth. <laughs> well, that's, that's strange, but it is. It is by birth. That means a Christian is the one who is born of God. He is born into the family of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 22 and 23. 1 Peter 1, verse 22. <coughs> the Bible says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So in other words, we are born with uncorruptible seed. That our we are we are born because into our family because of the corruptible seed of our father, of our parents. But this birth that we are talking about is birth by and corruptible seed, and the Bible says through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So that is that is what is involved in our being, you know, born into the family of God. In John chapter three, verse number five, tells us also that um, John three five, um, it says there. <clears throat> This is about Nicodemus asking question to the Lord Jesus Christ in John 3 verse 5. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born of water and of the Spirit. And again, I don't have to explain so much that the word water there is not water in baptism. The word water is the water of the word. It is the word of God. Yeah. That is the water there mentioned. Yeah. So again, 
the holy the holy spirit of god convicts the heart of a person the moment that he he is preached with the word and the word of god you know uh, comes to him and he believes the word of god the holy spirit of god works with the word of god then the heart understands it the heart receives the holy spirit so therefore that person is born into the family of god and you see here um in, in, in Acts chapter 11, verse 19, or up to verse number 21, you will see that God's servants came to Antioch there, and, and, and they preached the gospel, and as they preached the gospel, the Lord um, blessed their ministry, and in a wonderful way, um, the ministry there grew, and many people got saved by the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit performed the miracle of the new birth to them. And here in verse number 19, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen and um, traveled as far as Pinisi and Cyprus and Antioch uh, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which were which when they were come to Antioch, as spake unto the great Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. Verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. And that's what happened there to these people. Uh, the servants of the Lord, they preached the gospel, and people got saved, and then these people um, um, becoming becoming Christians, becoming um, uh, servants of the Lord, they turn unto the Lord. Now that is the first mark of a real Christian. What is the mark of a real Christian? A real Christian is someone who has heard the gospel. A real Christian is someone that turned from his sin. A real Christian is someone who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. A real Christian is someone who is born into God's family and someone who now belongs to the Lord Jesus. That is the real Christian. The word of God is involved. The Holy Spirit of God is involved. And the preaching of the word of God also is involved. That makes a person, gives that uh, mark of a real Christian. Now the question tonight, are you a Christian by this, using this definition? Are you um, a person that heard the gospel and turned from your sin? Are you a person that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ? Why? It's important that we need to understand this definition because the first one will also give us, because as I said to you, only three times in the Bible, the word Christians appear. Only three times. And whatever things that surround the word Christian is really important so that we can understand the definition of the term. The second um, appearance of the word Christian is found in Acts 26 verse number 28 Acts 26 verse number 28 a Christian is someone 
who witnesses for Christ. That is the second appearance of the word Christian. Here, Apostle Paul is making his defense before King Agrippa. King Agrippa um, was there scrutinizing Paul. But Paul did not mind about talking other things with Agrippa. Paul wanted to share the gospel to Agrippa. And notice that he is also pleading, pleading for the souls of man. He is witnessing to him of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved and also satisfied him. My friend, tonight, if you put yourself in a situation of Paul, the Apostle Paul was arrested. And he has an opportunity to make a defense. And he has also an opportunity maybe to be freed from whatever accusations that he's got himself into. Now, here, um, the, the Apostle Paul indeed was given the opportunity. He was given the opportunity to defend himself. He had a choice to denounce his Christianity and abandon his belief in the Lord and the law would set him free. He can go scotch-free and not going to face jail time. Or he would pursue his faith and, and evangelize the place. And those are kind of, you know, uh, choices that he has before him. But if we read these verses here, in Acts chapter 26, verse number 27 to verse number 29, and we can notice that this was not just an odd occasion or some kind of, a, you know, uh, um, something that Apostle Paul would take advantage so that he can find his way out of jail. The Apostle Paul had a, two options, to defend himself, to set him free, or to evangelize. I don't need to guess. The Apostle Paul used the opportunity to evangelize. He, does, he did not care about his freedom. He cares about the souls of, of men to be saved. And that's what happened there in verse number 27. Verse number 27, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. He said, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost persuadest, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I want to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. My friend, 
wherever Paul was, his heart is for the preaching of the gospel. Wherever he goes, his intention is for people to come to Christ. In Acts chapter 9, we can find there, verse number 20, we read that again, after this conversion of Paul, he began immediately into um, open confession of the Lord. And notice the word straightway. The moment that Paul got saved, straightway, he began to preach the Lord Jesus. And, and throughout his life, whatever situation he was in, he was making known the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, and straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Again, Paul's situation or circumstances there was not really unique in this ministry of evangelism. It's not unique. In other words, he is not just acting alone. He is not just doing that by himself and starting a new ministry of evangelism and, and started that whole, um, you know, uh, evangelization program. No, his, his situation there was not unique because the early Christians were all characterized by the same, you know, soul-winning zeal that they have. In other words, what Paul was doing is the same what everyone was doing. Everyone was spreading the gospel. All people who love the Lord Jesus, who are converted into the Lord Jesus, all people who are saved, all people who are called Christians, are all doing the same thing. Winning people to Christ. That is why to those people hardened by sin, darken their hearts by the devil and those people who are not really um, you know um, um, believing in the Lord Jesus they hated this kind of people they hated because these people are kind of annoying they are annoyed by this soul winning people in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 notice this <clears throat> but you shall receive power and after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. This is before Paul's conversion. The people are already doing soul winning. The people are already commanded by the Lord to go witnessing. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse number 4. Acts chapter 8. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So these first followers of the Lord Jesus, these people were bold. These people are preaching the, the, the whole counsel of God. These people are witnessing Christians. They are not just Christians and um, Christians. By the, for the sake of Christians, yep. these people are opening their mouth and sharing the gospel yep. to people. And surely, again, this is the second mark of a real Christian. And what is the mark of a real Christian? Someone who not only belongs to Christ, but a person that witnesses for Christ. The first definition is a person is 
You know, um, he is a person that belongs to Christ. The second definition is, this is the person that witnesses for Christ. And we will, we will have a lot of this, but again, why is that we are different like this? We, we cannot find this to be exactly who we are. We cannot see ourselves exactly in accordance to this definition of the term. We call ourselves Christians, but this is not us. These people, they belong to Christ for sure. That is, no one can prove that to be wrong if you say that you belong to Christ. Eternity will tell us, but right now, no one can tell. And later on, we may find it out, but at the moment, we cannot tell. But this second definition is kind of, you know, it doesn't fit anymore. It does not exactly fit to the definition of the term. Because this second definition is, Christian is someone that belongs to Christ, but also a person that witnesses for Christ. But we are slow. We are reluctant. We are not really ready to speak for the Lord and to set out to win people to Christ. We don't do that. A brother, a brother of ours just approached me this morning after our service. And I know the burdens, I know the burdens of his heart because I was like him. And he asked me to pray for him. He wants me to pray for him. I understand that. Because he has a friend, not a friend, a workmate. This workmate, workmate of his, he worked like, like a manager to him or maybe supervisor, but you know, the person that hired him in the company. In his heart, this brother of ours, in his heart, he wants to share the gospel. And he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. He has the urge to, to really do it. But he's thinking, hmm, if, this, if my boss will get angry at me, and then he will fire me. How can I pay my rent? I have my family. So it's just like, you know, his heart is battling, and um, there is like, um, discomfort there because as much as he wants, he wants to share the gospel. But he's considering his situation financially. He could not afford to lose his job. If this person will get annoyed and this person will find its way, find its way to fire him, then it will affect his family. So he's been like that for many, many months or many, many weeks. Last Friday, they were together. They're talking like 11 o'clock in the morning. And then his boss was not feeling well. And then he keeps on going and working and keeps on working. And he realized after two hours, two hours after, he saw an ambulance came to their premises. But he keeps on working and working. At three o'clock, all of the all of the employees are called 
um, and, and there was an announcement made that that person, his boss, passed away. And he said he could not sleep. He keeps on thinking that, you know, he blamed himself. I said, brother, I've been there and done that. I had a, I had a boss in my workplace. My boss, I really want to share the gospel to him. In our office, I put verses in the in the whiteboard like this. We we write things there for you know uh, whatever activities for the day. But on the side, I have a I have a like a portion there, a corner there. I I write verses every single day. Verses about salvation. Verses about hell. Verses on. I would just put it there, and my heart is really urging me to share the gospel to my boss. And for many times, he likes me, you know, he likes me. He, he wants to come with me. He wants to, uh, because we are like the lowest rank there. I was a fire officer one, and he was already a major at the time. And maybe he likes me because my brother is also <laughs> an officer. <laughs> so brother, the thing, I think he was senior than you, think, huh? uh, Senior one year. One, one, yeah, one, yeah, one rank higher. I think you were captain and he was major. Mm. And then at that time, um, I really want to share the gospel to him. And he said to me, Jan, uh, uh, grab the car, uh, drive me to my home. And in the car, I was really trying to find a way how can I uh, talk to him about salvation. And I, I, just, I just, just didn't have the, the courage. Um, I just drove and then coming back to the office and one Sunday he said to me come with me let's go to you know cockpit <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said I, I did not say no but I have no intention of going and Monday my, my, my friend said to me why you did not come he, says, he was looking for you and he's not happy so I was scared because I thought he would fire me and um, I said, I cannot come, sir. I, I, have, I have church. I attend church every Sunday. So, the church yeah, is always there. You know, this one, our boss will not ask you um, often. That's very often that he will ask you. He will not ask other people. And I would love to come if he asked me. But he asked you to come. I said, I could not go. The next Sunday, I did not go. And he was not happy with me. But he still called me and uh, asked me to do things. And... And he still asked me to drive. Every time I, I was close to him, only both of us, I had no courage. No courage whatsoever. Until such time that I heard that he was in hospital. Oh, I ran. I was, I was already assigned in another place. I ran to the hospital and, uh, uh, in Chonghua. And then uh, I went to the room. I asked which room. And then I looked. He's already in comatose. I could not go in. It's in ICU. Because I really want to, that is my last chance to, to tell him about the Lord. And I could not go in. So I went home. I hope that he will still be fine. And a few hours from there, it was announced he, he passed away. I'll tell you, that was very um, devastating to me. And I was, I was devastated. And blamed myself for many years. Because that boss of mine could have been, 
could have been, you know, saved or had a chance to hear the gospel. If I only took the courage to tell him, and I blame myself that that person right now is swimming in the lake of fire because I did not open my mouth. I was sad and I cried. I, 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 I could not really, uh, you know, uh, forgive myself what, why I did not share the gospel. And that brother of ours is the same. I said to him, Brother, I've been there, I've done that. It's not easy, but again, this is an opportunity for us to really put in the gospel as soon as it, you know, ask the Lord for courage. This is an awakening for us because these people that we see today, we may not see them again forever. What chance that God has given to us today is not there always forever because that chance will be gone. And we will have no more chance. That is why, my friend, we ought to be, you know, um, ready to preach the gospel. We are ready. We are supposed to be ready to share the gospel. Because that's what we are. We are Christians. We are owned by Christ. And we are the people who witness for Christ. If we are not witnessing for Christ, this second definition does not fit. To who we are and what we are. Because a Christian is a person who is who belongs to Christ and a person also that witnesses for Christ. Right here, the early Christians, my friend, those people they, they face much opposition in their lives because of their Christianity. But they did all the things that they could do. And they did it joyfully for the Lord. In, in Acts chapter 5, verse number 40 or 39. Acts chapter 5, verse number 39. He said, But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply you be found even to fight against God. And to him um, they agreed when they had called the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. These are the Christians, my friend. And they are not afraid to suffer shame for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But today, the Christianity today is a really... Sad that we lack a deep and burning conviction of the greatness and the reality of our salvation. We do not understand our salvation. We do not have the, you know, the root. We do not have the clear understanding that the thrill of, uh, you know, um, stepping out. Um, in the faith and witness boldly for the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have that these days. So a Christian is a person that belongs to Christ and witnesses for Christ. That, that definition is based on those two appearance of the word Christians. Now, the last appearance of the word Christian is found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 16. After this verse, there's no more word Christian. 
no more. But we have to understand why this word Christian is used again. In 1 Peter 4.16, a Christian actually is someone who suffers with Christ. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Amen. Now, take a look at these verses. Verse number 12. Go up, verse number 12. Verse number 12. And this will help us understand clearly. Uh, the Apostle Peter here is in effect saying to us that, you know, you are now a Christian. You must expect suffering simply because you are a Christian. That's exactly what this is saying. He said here, Beloved, think it not strange concerning that trial, a fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange things happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. In other words, what he is saying is that because we are now Christians, expect suffering because you are a Christian. And that is, again, another definition of a Christian. A Christian is someone who suffers with Christ. And you see again, Christian is identified with the Lord Jesus Christ and must therefore suffer for his sake. Matthew chapter uh, Matthew chapter 10 verse number 22 Matthew chapter 10 verse number 22 and you shall be hated of all men for my, for my name's sake wow that is not a good entrance to the verse <laughs> if I will tell this to the unbelievers I think they will not receive Christ no no it's yours go away but again this is what we are in reality. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end uh, shall be saved. But when they persecute you in the city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. The disciples is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? The same in, in, in John chapter 15, verse number 18. John 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. John 16, verse 33. 
John 16 verse 33, These things have I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Philippians 1.29 Philippians 1.29 For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. My friend, why is it that a Christian must suffer? Many people don't understand this. Many people ask this question. I heard one uh, followers of Islam or Muslim, he asked this, why, why should people suffer? They don't understand, even, even Buddhists, they don't understand, why should you suffer? Why we should suffer? It is because this person that is a real Christian is markedly different from the non-Christian. The real Christian, a person that is sold to Christ, is so different from a person that has no Christ. There is this very, very, you know, deep contrast. The early Christians suffered because they were so completely different from the religions around them, from the pagans around them, for those people who do not have God around them. They are so different. They were completely transformed. These are men and women who, are, uh, who have dedicated their lives to the Lord. They had to be, um, you know, one thing or the other. In those times, you go with the Lord, you are different. If you go to the, to the world, you are so different. I hope that we can also see the contrast of our lives with regards to the people around us. Not that we camouflage with them, that no one can tell whether we are Christians or not. Many Christians will just camouflage. Oh, no, we are the same. Don't worry about it. We are afraid. We are we, we don't have the we don't have the guts. We do not have the you know the courage. I will tell you, it's so hard. It's so hard. The worst thing that would happen to me if I share the gospel to my boss, maybe just his favor will be lost. I don't think he will fire me because I shared the gospel, maybe. But it's very remote that he would fire me. But I want, you know, I want to become, to belong to this group of people. Because it's good to have these people of, because of their favor. And because of that, you know, uh, I chose my defense rather than the gospel. And I lost that person. And it is sad because it's against my account. When I face the Lord, when I face the Lord in the judgment seat, that person is under my account. I have a big problem to face the Lord. Because I have no reason why I allowed it to slip away. Because I met him not just once, not just twice, not just thrice, but multiple times. 
I had an occasion, but just I allowed it to slip away. And now it's gone and gone forever. That loss is really on me. And that is why I'll tell you I have problems with the Lord. Each one of us also have problems with the Lord. But we will not allow it that our 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 you know accounts with the Lord and our problems with the Lord will compound and, and compound and we allow it to, to go that way because that is really uh, a blatant uh, disobedience to the Lord. That is why we try our best. We will try our best to share the gospel to the people as much as we can because the time is against us. Time is not really there in our favor. And you see, these people, um, these people were completely transformed. These people were really are sold out to the Lord. That they do not care the people around them. Wherever they go, they are spotted. Oops, that's a Christian. Uh, that, that, that person is a Christian. Now look at this. Yeah, just look at them. And, and listen, uh, the way he walks, the way he talks, you can tell that he's a Christian. Right. <laughs> Just by the look, they know that that is a Christian. But today, you cannot tell. You cannot tell because Christians hide. They don't want to be known because they don't want persecution. But my friend, persecution is embedded in Christianity. It's embedded. It's part of us, part of our body. <coughs> there was this uh, Sunday school teacher I told you around um, a few years ago. No, man, not a few years ago, many years ago. Me and Pastor Jimbo attended the wedding of his cousin from America, got married to a person in Tanhai, in Negros Oriental. We, you know, um, 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 drove down there and crossed the, 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 the ocean, the water. And then we stayed there for a night, and it was Saturday. The next day, we looked for a church. We found a church in a very secluded area, and the bushy part uh, there of, of the town. And the church was, you know, dismal, dismal place. Uh, it's, it's very poor, very poor. But that Sunday school teacher was very rich. His wife and he, himself, his family is very rich. And this Sunday school teacher was teaching Sunday school. He has a very good lesson. But what Pastor Jimbo did not like is that in his testimony, he said that he is a Baptist, he is a Christian, he is saved. And, and aside from that, he is a Sunday school teacher. But he is proud that for all these years that he has been a Christian, not one of his family knows that he is a Christian. And he was proud, he was happy. That he was very good in hiding his Christianity. <coughs> Pastor Jimbo said, that is not a good idea. That is why his family, they will just die and go to hell. And he yeah. just hates save himself. Yeah. My friend, we cannot hide our Christianity yeah. so that we will be saved and others will go to hell. Yeah. That is the, the sad thing with us today. Because... We, we are prone to hide 
our identity. We don't want to be known. Uh, if our friends will come around and will say, "Oh, are you are you also a Baptist?" and we say, "I don't know, we are the same." <laughs> don't talk about it. <laughs> that is very sad. If because of our friends we don't want to be known as a Christian, we don't want to be known as as Baptist. My friend, the problem we have right now in our Christianity is that we do not um, we do not like being different. We want to become like them. We want to become, you know, uh, just like an ordinary, you know, mediocre Christian, uh, a person that no one really can tell the difference whether uh, you are worldly or not worldly. You just want to stay there in the middle. And many of us Christians are Christians in name only. Christians in name only. And the people we work with and live with would hardly recognize that there is any difference between us and those who do not know and profess Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Again, as I said, this is a challenge. This is a challenge to all of us. We must recognize the fact that when anyone really dedicates his all, his life, unto the Lord Jesus Christ, that person begins to live a separated life. A life that is holy unto the Lord. And that he will adapt um, the Lord's standards in every area, not just part of his life. Every area of his life, whether it is in the home or outside the home, or whether it is in the church or outside the church, whether it be in our phone or in our closet, or whether it's our workmate or, where, or workplace or wherever we go, we must live and adapt the Lord's standard wherever we go. And doing so may mean suffering. Doing so may mean taunting or scoffing or, you know, you'll be degraded. You'll be denigrated. And people will laugh at you. If that is, you know, the payment of being a Christian, so be it. Why would we please these people that they will have a big problems with the Lord? These people that we are afraid, our boss, our workmates, all these people, they have problems with the Lord. Why are we afraid of them? You see, my friend, some people will do harm to us because of who we are and what we are. Because we are Christians, they will threat, threaten us. Even our own very life, they will threaten us to the, to the extent that, you know, um, they, will, they are prepared to um, harm us because we are Christians. Because we are identified with Christ. But remember this. That it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It was at the beginning the Lord Jesus Christ himself who suffered the scoffing. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered threatening. He suffered stoning. And the Lord Jesus Christ suffered crucifixion at the cross. 
because of himself, because of his message, because of who he is. So therefore, a Christian today, the first definition, a Christian is someone who belongs to Christ. A Christian is someone who witnesses for Christ. A Christian is someone who suffers for Christ. Amen. Now, are you a Christian? <clears throat> is this definition fits our Christianity? My friend, I hope that it does, but if not, it's not too late. We still have time. Rectify the wrong. Change our ways. And put on that standard of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and mine. Amen. Whether inside the church or outside Amen. the church, Amen. whether in our houses or outside of our houses, Amen. wherever we go, bring that standard wherever we go. And the Lord will be pleased. And the Lord will bless us. Let's bow us in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, once again. That was, Lord, a very, very confronting question. But Lord, forgive your people. If we have not done so, Lord, in accordance to your standard, because whatever reasons we have, please, Lord, forgive. And help us, Lord, to live the rest of our lives for you. Help us, O oh God, uh, to, to be true to the definition of the term Christians. Lord, I believe that I am a Christian because, Lord, I belong to you. And Lord, whatever things I, I do, I do not brag about what I did. And I do not brag about what I am willing to do. But Lord, I pray that all of us in this church will strive together to, to be true of our Christianity, to be true, Lord, in, in the very definition of the word, and not just by words, but also by our action. And help us, O oh God, because we are just humans, and we need you, Lord, and your Spirit to steer us and to help us, Lord, to, 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 to do the action, not hearers of the word, but doers of the word, deceiving our own selves. Lord, bless your people and raise up a people, Lord, among us that will bring the gospel to the, to the world around us and bring the harvest of souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us, O God, and thank you, Lord, for speaking to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand for our final hymn, higher.